Welcome to the Dime Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, and we are joined by Matt Martin, and we are talking about legal for churches in this episode of the podcast. And so let's get right into the topic. Matt, before we jump in, I want to know your first thought when you hear the, or now let me, let's jump into this. What do you think most people think is their first thought when they think of lawyers? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure most people have the idea of, you know, the gray shark circling someone in the water, you know, the ambulance chaser just behind the bush. Uh, it's, it's the oppressive suit wearing person who just wants your money and just, you know, just, just wants to get after you as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is exactly the perception that I have. And my stepmother it happens to be a lawyer. Um, and so we, uh, we, we all have unique perceptions uh, of lawyers. Matt, you are a lawyer. Am I understanding yes. that correctly? Yes, I am. Tell me your journey as a lawyer. Man, How so I've been into law and what, what's been the journey. So I, my mom has said that from the time I was about five, I was either going to be a pastor or a lawyer. Okay. And so I, she, and she wasn't wrong. So I went to, I went to law school. I graduated law school in 2004 and promptly went to seminary and spent three years up in wow. seminary. And so kind of had this unique blend of, of law and grace at the same time. And so, uh, after, after passing the bar, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm licensed in Georgia and I passed the bar. I started working as the in-house counsel for a large nonprofit here locally in Georgia and, and, ran just an amazing amount of different topics through and, and learned kind of the hands-on, the nitty-gritty of what it means to actually be a lawyer working in a ministry, in yeah. a ministry setting. I, I, I never wanted to, you know, just be a lawyer, just doing transactional work. I always wanted to do something that was actually helping churches, that was helping ministry. Like the, the, the legal area is so unique and so specialized, but even more so when you get into church organizations. And yep. so I wanted to be able to kind of take this you know, this, all this educational background and bring it into a church context just to kind of see, hey, how, how can we do legal work for a group that's really underserved, I would say, just across the entire country? Yeah, so interesting. You know, I've, my, my dad actually happens to be a pastor and my stepmother is a lawyer. And I've always thought, it, like, what a weird combination. It turns <laughs> out you're both of them in one that's, person. Yeah, it's, it's quite um, conflicting. <laughs> and uh, fascinating background. But it is having, you know, served as a pastor for, for more than a decade. Uh, we, we, at all the churches that I served, we had lawyers in every, yep. you know, there was not a season that I don't remember at some point in that ministry season that we had to lean into our legal counsel for, for the church. And some at times, very significant purposes and reasons. So I think this is a very important conversation for pastors to hear. Um, and so I appreciate you taking the time to, to really speak into pastors and, and the unique work that you do. Let's, let's talk about that big picture. Why is legal so important for churches? I mean, it, that, that really is, it really is a big topic. I think at the, at, at the end of the day, the people who go into ministry want to do something that changes the world for Christ at the end of the day. They, they want to be about the gospel. They want to take what scripture says seriously and want to, and want to hand it to people and say, look at this, this is incredible. Yeah. And, and so often what happens is in that zeal, lots of very practical things kind of get left to the side. And, and that, is, that is not a failure of training or a failure of love or failure of taking seriously what the Bible says. It's just, a, it's just kind of a normal blindness. It's, a, it's an area that most pastors have just not been exposed to. They've heard some horror stories. They've heard some bad things happening out there, but 
until it actually impacts them and until they actually see the value of this. This is something that impacts me every single day. And really, if we're doing kind of the legal thing well, it makes my ministry stronger. I'm not having to worry about, you know, have I filed these forms properly? I'm worrying about, have I served my people well? And so it's, it's, it's kind of that, that juxtaposition of, you know, I need to serve well, but I don't know how to do this. And so so oftentimes that legal component just gets left to the side or it's ignored or it's kind of like hope. Oh, I hope it just doesn't ever come to my doorstep. Yeah. Boy, it is, um, it's convicting thinking about my years in ministry. And I, I was in 1999, I was a youth pastor. I was 19 years old. And I was given keys to the church building at 19 years old. And I was given keys to the 15 passenger church van, which is not illegal. And we'd pack 18 kids into that thing. I mean, I think the liability that we experienced. And, and, and then I remember in, in youth ministry, when they started making me fill out all these forms and stuff for kids, I was like, they're making it so hard to do youth ministry. Man, uh, the, the risk that we were, I was taking uh, exactly. in those seasons. And, and I think the damage it could have caused. And thank God, you know, nothing happened. But... I think wisdom in, in, in legal counsel and legal support and process uh, really helps enable long-term ministry impact, not hinder uh, ministry impact. And I think balancing that can, can be complicated. When it comes to some of the biggest mistakes churches make in the area of legal, what, what, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see on a consistent basis? So I'll, I'll go with some general ones, but I, I think a lot of pastors are probably familiar with some of the very specific things that are happening right now. I mean, I mean, you're talking about any type of abuse situation. It's very specific. Any, any of the issues with, with marriage and kind of marriage policies and, and facility uses and, and those types of things, those are very specific. And I think each one of them is kind of, you have to deal with those separately. Overall, though, I think most churches tend to not see legal issues as impacting them specifically. most pastors, they're they're smart people. They understand that there are risks out in the world, but that usually happens to that church down the street. I know my people, my people wouldn't do that. We, we have a good group here. We have good things in place. We we're able to trust the leaders in our, in our, in our community. And, And while I want that to be true, I desperately want that to be true. At the same time, people are still people. And making sure that you have actually taken adequate precautions, making sure that you've set up policies, making sure that you have, and even more so probably practices that actually honor the people that are part of your church community. Those things are just, are are massive. And so often they kind of get thrown into that bucket of, we'll get to it at some point, or when the budget comes in, we'll deal with that. And really these things need to be front burner items. Once you've dealt with them, if you've worked with a good group that can help you with these things, it, they're, they're almost fire and forget. You've, you've done it. It's there. Now it's just part of what your church is doing. It's the way we do children's ministry now. It's not like a man, the lawyer told us we have to whatever. It's no, this is how we deal with children. This yeah. is the, these are the standards we've put in place. This is why we do it. All of our workers have bought into this. No one's thinking you know, oh, the lawyer told us this. This is just, this is the way we show honor and protection to the people who come to our church. I think that the distinction between that, that mindset, it's kind of subtle, but it's super significant between a church that is going to fall into a trap and the church that's going to be able to avoid that because they've put some things in place. 
Yeah. And, and so when it comes to putting some things in place, is that just opening the yellow book, yellow, yellow book, yellow pages or Google lawyer in my area? How, how, what's that process of, because I think the assumption is lawyers are crazy expensive. It's going to cost me five grand just to call the lawyer. What, what, how do you, how is the church proactive in getting legal support to even know where they should be to ready or prepared? Sure. So, I mean, most of the time when you, when you talk to a church and, and, and I've worked with a lot of church planters and, and a lot of, and a lot of pastors at, at younger churches, they get their information from talking to each other. And yeah. so that's not, and I would say that's not a bad thing, you know, as, yeah. as long as the original church that gave the information has, has had good advice, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. But at the end of the day, it's on you to make sure that you've made a good decision. And, and really not all lawyers are created equal. You don't want a divorce lawyer representing you in a murder charge. They are so totally different. You don't want, you know, an IRS tax lawyer writing your independent contracts. Those are just different areas of law. And that certainly carries over here, not only nonprofit practice, but particularly things with church practice. It is very specific. Churches face unique situations that other organizations just don't face. And so you need someone that actually understands the kind of the unique components of the church. I would, I would argue that you need someone who is sympathetic to the unique yeah. you know, issues that churches deal with. You want someone who's on your side and shares the same worldview as you. There, there are a number of excellent lawyers out there, but I would say there is a smaller group of lawyers that are passionate about working inside a church for a church and have that unique body of knowledge that's actually going to get the church where they need to go as opposed to just racking up a legal bill for something. I mean, that is the cliche is, oh, you know, the, 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 the clock has started, you know, it's, yes. it's at the end of the day, there, there's obviously ways to deal, to deal with that, but it's, it really is, it's allocating, you know, how, what is the, the cost of making sure that our children are safe, that our congregants have been well cared for and that our church is in a healthy place. Yes. Yes. And so having a, my stepmother being an attorney, uh, I've gotten to enjoy just as you say of like everyone almost assuming all lawyers are the same. She's a contract lawyer. How many people have like almost come to her with a business proposal of, do you want to help me sue this person? Or do you want to, she's like, I don't do that. That's not, you know, they're like, well, you're a lawyer, aren't you? Uh, and, and I think you're right. I mean, I, I think there are some, and, and I think in particular churches are really unique organizations. And I think the laws around that, we're going to dig into that a little bit more when it comes to the, what you've seen in the church space, is there maybe a, a, a most common legal issue that the churches run into? And I think what we hear a lot in the news are, you know, things with, you know, sexually, you know, things that happen in the church, but that it's probably not as prevalent. You just hear about it more. Uh, and that's what people are thinking about. What, what are some of the things that you see that are most common in the church? Sure. And, and with the things like sexual, sexual misconduct, it's, it's all over the newspaper. It's because the risk is so high. When, yes. when something goes wrong there, the consequences are massive. It's, yes. it's one of the few things where zero failure is the only option. If yeah. there is even the, the smallest failure, it's massive. So I think that's why that, that, that kind of hits the airwaves. And it's, that is certainly not to diminish the significance. It is a significant issue. Yeah. All churches need to kind of fundamentally deal with that. But I really think that the thing that you start with in a church is making sure that the documents that kind of govern your church, and obviously churches are meant to be governed under scripture, right? That's, I think we all would agree on that. But the kind of the legal construct of your church, it needs to be 
drafted by someone who understands churches. I would recommend not merely cutting and pasting from a, a church that you know of. It may not be a bad place to start. It is certainly not the place I would want to finish. And yeah. so you want to make sure that your documents actually define who your church is mm. and that you're actually doing what those documents say. Mm. If someone will dust off the bylaws. They've been sitting there for 50 years. And it's usually mm. when someone is upset with someone else and they've got to figure out what does the moderator look like in a church business meeting. We're not talking about that. We're talking about what does, how does fundamentally, how does this church operate? I mean, and at the end of the day, again, if we're operating under the authority of scripture, your documents need to say that. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of surprising, I think, to a lot of people when they hear, you know, a lawyer say, you really need to incorporate what you believe scripturally into your legal documents. Well, so, so why? Because we really believe it. Like, this is not just a game. We are convictional about what we believe about our church. And so taking those convictional ideas, incorporating them into a document with the help of a lawyer to make sure they actually are saying what you are intending them to say, that is so massively important. It shows your people we care. This matters. And it shows the watching world we are convictional about our beliefs. This is a big, big, big thing to us. And I think a lot of churches either have very minimal bylaws, kind of the cut and paste style bylaws, or they have something that they've, that's been sitting on the shelf. And it's if they're an older church, they haven't been revised since the mid-60s. A lot has changed. If, if you haven't reviewed your documents in the last three to five years, I'd say they're probably obsolete in some way. They probably need to be updated. You need someone with wisdom to sit down with sit down with you and say, man, these are some areas where I think you can improve drastically and very quickly. And so I would say, you know, it's kind of to point to one thing. It's that, it's that organizational piece. Well, how is our church formed? Because out of that comes all of these issues like how do we protect our children? How do we protect the vulnerable members of our church? You know, how are we going to make sure that the ministers in our church are actually actively engaged in the ministry of the church? And we haven't hired a predator in some sense. Those foundational documents are what kind of set the tone for all of those other massive issues that churches are dealing with. Yeah, boy, I cannot second that enough of pastors. If you're listening to this, I almost recommend you pause the episode and go find those documents and review those today. If you don't know where those are, what those say, how that, how those look, uh, it is critically important. It might not be critically important, important today, uh, but there is going to be a day in your ministry that those documents are going to be important. And you need to know what they are, what they say, uh, and, and prioritize those documents. It, it, it matters so much. And I've had friends uh, that have been personally hurt uh, because, because of that entity. And when they set it up as a church plant 20 years ago, it was a very different and the organization changed, but because there weren't issues, they never addressed them. And then when the issues came up because of bad structure, uh, it, it got messy. And so I, I cannot uh, recommend enough of before you're in need. And I think that's the conver That's what I'm hearing out of this conversation is don't wait to get legal counsel until you're being sued or before something is happening, do it beforehand. And then when that happens in the peace of mind, you're going to have from that as a pastor to allow you to minister effectively and boldly and freely is so big. So I, I, I cannot recommend pastors enough to go do that. Let's talk about churches as an organization, as an entity, how do they differ from other nonprofits or how do they differ from for-profits as a legal entity? <laughs> That's a huge topic. So, so at, at, at the at the most basic basic element, churches exist for ministry purpose. Like that that is the the exclusive 
purpose of a kind of a church organization, that ministry. And what that ministry looks like, obviously that's going to be unique in some sense to every single church, but that differs from a, from a kind of a standard nonprofit and that a nonprofit is just, is just out there for a public good. You know, and, and obviously there's, <laughs> there's tons of little nuances to all of these things, but, you know, but for, for a, then for a for-profit, they're actually trying to make a profit. That's, that's what it's inherent in the name. Right. And so, so a church is going to be unique in pretty much every aspect from merely a nonprofit and certainly from a for-profit. And it doesn't mean that, that there isn't carryover in terms of best practices for some things, but particularly for a church, it's the entire world of a church is just going to look different. Yeah. You know, all organizations, it's to some extent, will have some type of mission statement, whether it's written down or it's formal, whatever. But for a church, most churches have a statement of beliefs. That's not necessarily typical. There, there are plenty of, of ministry nonprofits that will, but at church, that's almost fun, that's almost a foundational document. What do you believe as a church? What sets you apart from some other church down the street? And maybe, you know, it's not that you're against that other church, but it's you have distinctives. Virtually every church has those distinctives. And so making sure that your distinctives actually tell your story. Who are you? What do you believe? What are you about? That sets you apart from other organizations. And it certainly sets you apart from merely another nonprofit. Yeah. Boy, that's good. That's so good. It's, it's a big deal to understand and understand those nuances. Matt, I, I, I'm putting you on the spot here. I, I didn't give you this direction before we did the podcast, but can you share a little bit about how Dime uh, from a, a risk management or a, a legal perspective can come alongside churches and, and support them? Sure. So Dime is not a law firm. That's, that's kind of the, the first thing that we have to say is Dime is, is definitely not a law firm. I, I'm Dime's lawyer. But at the same time, what we do is, is we're able to point churches in the right direction. We're happy to talk to any church that, that comes to us and asks, brings questions. Um, we've even done some things like reviewed bylaws. And certainly not from a state law perspective. You need someone in your local state who's going to be able to help you with those things. But from kind of like a broad, like best practices, what should we be looking at? type of perspective. We've even been brought in to help a church work with another law firm to make sure that this, this law firm that specializes in churches perhaps understands this church well. And so if, if we have relationships with the churches, we, we know these churches well. And so we're able to kind of talk across that barrier between the ministry life and the, and the legal realm for someone who may not be so familiar with, with that church. And so we, we try to be an information repository. We, we try to you know, consult well where we can. And then obviously, if as, as the opportunity arises, we will certainly help churches find kind of that legal expert in their area that can really take them by the hand and walk them along the path that they need to go on. Yeah, it's so good. I, I often say that dime brings peace of mind. And so when, when you think about what your church needs uh, from accounting to uh, to HR and, and, and to insurance and, and to uh, risk management. Dime is there and Dime's going to bring peace of mind. And so Matt, thank you so much for speaking into pastors uh, in this episode of the podcast and speaking into how churches need to embrace and, and prepare uh, from a legal perspective. It's such great advice, such great wisdom. Thanks so much for everyone listening to this episode of the podcast to learn more about Dime and how Dime can help support your church or your organization. Go to simpledime.com, get more information there, hit that get started button, and let's get started. Mm-hmm.